0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement Podcast on the Family Podcast Network. Today's episode is very special. We are continuing our series on education. We are continuing our series on Richmond Public Schools And I have a dear friend who also happens to be the 9th District School Board member, Nicole Jones, joining the program. It is an in-depth conversation. It is an impactful conversation. And it is an interesting conversation. So with no further ado, 9th District School Board member, Nicole Jones, on the Cheats Movement. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement podcast It is brought to you on the Family Podcast Network. Please, please take a moment to visit thefamilypn.com and subscribe. Today's episode is a continuation of a education series. We're talking education in Richmond. We're talking public education. I've got my dear friend, First-time school board member. I am very, very proud of her. Nicole Jones representing the ninth District. What is going on, Nicole? What is going
1: on, Mark Cheatham?
0: Look, y'all are hot in the streets. I'm not even going. To- the school board seems She's like it's has been, has been turning up. Y'all got a lot, a lot going on. And your journey is, I think, unlike any other member on the school board, just to get in your seat. Yes. So. There's a lot of ways we can go with this. I'm going to start, before we go back, I'm going to start with what happened this week. And this week was a big week because you, the school board approved a budget to go to city council. There was some con- contentious points, if you will, um, amongst the board members, amongst the administration, about what should be included in the budget, what, what, what shouldn't be included in the budget. But you got the budget passed This was your first budget process. It's a two part question. One was, was there elements of this process, the budget making process that surprised you like that? You had no clue going in. This is what I would be doing. And then two, tell me about the budget. Is it a budget that you're proud of the approved budget? Is it something that will benefit teachers, children, community, what about the budget that you're proud of and, and is the process? How was the process going? Through?
1: So for starters, I think I need to share this now that we're recording that, you know, these are my thoughts, independent of the school board.
0: Absolutely. Look, we are Gotta here to learn. Got to put that disclaimer right. out there. We are here to learn. We are not here to cause any. Yeah, um, you, you can break some news, but we ain't causing no trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but going into the process, was there anything that I've never seen before? I would say no, but what okay. I would say is, is that it was the largest budget that I've ever had to work on. So being in my, you know, professional role, I do, I deal with and see budgets on a regular basis, um, but it was definitely, and then like, it's like 200 pages. And so I had never seen a budget, you know, document that big. Um, and just the time that it took to go through it, and then understanding each and every line item. And for the record, I wasn't one of the two that went through everyone. I um, was said on Monday, you know, that there were two of us. I don't even know who it is that went through the whole budget document. Hmm. Um, so shout out and kudos to them. But I did take time to go through it, you know, to try to compare and contrast, com- compare and contrast um, to. Um, our priorities and so we you know set some priorities that we would like to see individually as districts and believe it or not most of them were in common um we had a lot in common um but were there things that i um seen in the budget that do i think it reflected everyone as a whole um i'll say no and i was clear about that on monday um but again that just is because um there's a process that we have to go through and there are going to be, you know, everybody brings a different um, lens to that process, right? And so what I might be experiencing in Southside, someone may not be experiencing in Northside or my constituents might share something with me that not necessarily share with one of my other board colleagues. So in us, you know, doing our due diligence and just trying to advocate A lot of times we're advocating on behalf of our, you know, constituents. But the process could, I think, be easier um, if it was just like all twenty-four thousand students versus individual districts or constituents. Because then you get into that: who wants what? Who thinks this? You know. But we all want to a budget that reflects, you know, teachers, staff, students, families as a whole.
0: So you bring up a good point, and I want to ask about that because these marathon bills the marathon budgets, like you said, 200 pages of budget. And and that's one budget that everybody has to find some common ground on and everybody has to kind of try to carve out their, their priorities as well. How do you even go about approaching something so large? I know at the state level or even in Congress, we have, you know, a very large staff Mm -hmm. a very large Mm -hmm. staff that's going through sections they don't take it all together they we have 10 people they're like yo you take this section so how do you like school board obviously doesn't have that personnel doesn't have that level of support and you've got a massive massive budget how did you go about approaching seeing what priorities and and how you know going through it and making sure that you felt like you got the gist of it
1: yeah i think I, i started one just to go back, I feel like we don't even have enough time. Like there's Mm -hmm. never enough time during a budget process because you're meeting deadlines. Again, Mm -hmm. even in my day job, you know, we have a timeline. And so the back and forth, the back and forth, we just don't have enough time when you have large budgets like that. Um, But I essentially started off with what the superintendent presented Mm -hmm. and then what he presented. I kind of then went from there. And dissected all of the information that he provided, and looked at, you know, what was happened, maybe the last year's budget to this year's budget, asked questions, and then also um, compared to maybe what schools may have not received something, or what was in the budget that didn't get a chance to, you know, get it get get fixed or taken care of. And I used that as my basis to then mm. build upon what it was that I felt I needed to see. And um, I got to, you know, the the, uh, the the consensus of, you know, here are my top priorities based off of. Once he sent it, made revisions, you know, we just kept kind of going back and forth through that. But again, it, it's tough. It's tough because you can't you can't get everything. There's just not enough funding, any way you put it. Um, and so, like someone's gonna be happy, someone's not gonna be happy. Um, but my ultimate goal was for us to get as close as we could to, you know, at least have something that reflected what we say we do, which is practice equity across the district.
0: So, and you represent the ninth district in the south side. There's been talk for a while now um, about how residents of the south side feel um like you know kind of big city hall doesn't pay attention to their priorities on that side of town um when you go into a budget process and like you said one of your priorities was equity what do you look for to make sure um that it, it's representative of what you think is important for for children educators community what do you what, what do you look for what were some of your priorities for the south side
1: transportation mm-hmm. um south side definitely struggles with transportation issues Safe streets, Mm. Um, you know, extended day after school activities for students, Um, you know, learning that affects not just our black students, but our brown students, because Southside has the biggest growing population of Hispanics.
0: Um,
1: And so making sure that all of that was reflected you know and then we still have schools that need a lot of work and renovations not that we don't have them across the district but again particularly south side Um, and most of the schools that are in my district are um so we have i was gonna say we had three but we have two new schools in my district and then you know four others you know that have issues and concerns that need to be addressed and so just looking at that to see like where are we on the list you know, what's happened? How long have we been on the list? Um, making sure that we have enough teachers and staff and counselors. Um, part of one of mine was also the social and emotional learning. I'm really big on that. I asked a lot about the restorative justice. I'm really passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the things that when we we came back with the um, the first round of cuts, some of those positions were in there. Um, and then we just began to, like, build it out and um you know, move towards again, like I said, a, a consensus of what's the most the top priorities. That's what I should say.
0: This is a silly question, but I think it should be asked because everybody, when they talk about budgets, um, a lot of folks are like, "Cut, cut, 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 mm-hmm. cut, 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 cut." How hard is it? Because when you actually have to make that decision and you're not just talking in the air, you're cutting people. You're cutting yeah. positions. You're cutting support that we know our children value valuably need. So it's easy for someone that doesn't have to do what you're doing to say, oh, the budget's overblown. It's like, look at what they're doing. Look at those numbers. You know, we already pay so much per student in RPS as opposed to how hard is it in reality to make those cuts?
1: It's tough. It's tough because, like you said, you know, one of our um, major line items is human capital. And so we can't take that for granted. But at the same time, in trying to balance a budget, you know, like you said, and, you know, being someone who works in state, but, you know, worked in Congress, all those places you're familiar with. um, We know that sometimes that ultimately is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. you also have to take into account because, see, I'm I'm the I'm of the mindset. um, I look at the whole picture and I'm not saying others don't. But I'm looking at the whole picture. And so I'm always thinking in my head because I'm like a I'm a strategical thinker. So I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) if we do that, then how is that going to affect this? And how is that going to affect? And again, I don't I'm not saying that someone else isn't doing that. But then when you get to the core of it, sometimes that one position that you want to cut is going to affect so many things. If you don't have a plan in place, you ultimately are like shooting yourself in the foot. And so from what I've heard from previous, um, you know, boards, some of the new positions are, you know, just kind of being re-implement, re- re-integrated back into mm-hmm. the system from being cut previous years ago. So it just depends, you know, but you, 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 it's not easy um, because you just don't know who's sitting at a computer doing nothing. <laughs> so they really just right. be like just right. like, oh yeah, we just gonna get rid of you because your title say, I mean, you know, you just don't know. So yeah, it's hard. It's and it's hard again, like I said, if you truly value, and I've said this, you know, in the in the budget sessions, you know, that we also have to invite we have to value, you know, the employee from the mailroom to the cafeteria to the transportation and sometimes. At, and even at the top, right? Those folks have worked to get there too. So it's like, it's unfair to, you know, you can't really pick or choose. It's just really being strategic and really thinking about, how, you know, what's going to benefit the organization, you know, when it's all said and done.
0: So we hear a lot about, we hear a lot about the concerns of RPS, in this like broad, abstract way, right? And, I know for a fact, because I work, uh, I, I'm in media, just like a lot of folks. I know that a lot of the overall, quote unquote, like gloom and doom concerns, there's a disconnect from what people that are in the schools and in the community and talking to folks every day here versus what a narrative might be, like a media narrative of what uh-huh. Richmond, Park, or Richmond Public Schools needs. When you are talking to community members, when you are talking to parents, when you are talking to teachers, administrators, what do they bring up as the biggest concerns um, that they have as you go around uh, and represent your district?
1: Honestly, Southside, they feel left out. They feel left out. Like that's one of the biggest um, things that I would say I would hear is that Southside feels left out, have been left out. Um, and Southside, honestly, is such a jewel, right? It's so much creativity over here. It's really a district that is filled with so many hidden gems. And um, from what I always hear is that we're always left out. You know, we always get the last and we always, you know, are compared to, you know, what the what across the river is getting, you know, even down to, you know, certain times you will hear in discussions. We had to cross the river, you know, like it's a problem, you know, so it's, and, and then you just see it reflected in the actions, right? You see it because um, throughout this district, you know, there are other parts of, um, you know, RPS that um, don't reflect the South Side, you know, and so we are just, but but those are some of the core responses that I hear when I am talking to people. But what I love about them is that Southside is so resilient and it's like, Oh, okay. You're not going to give us, we're going to do it anyway. You know, and they build these communities that are just so cool and so dope and keep it, keep it moving.
0: I feel like that has been a running there for years. Yeah. And I feel like that has to change because obviously I know you and I know you as a champion for Southside. I know uh, Councilman Jones, who's you know in the ninth as well in City Council, who's uh, you know who I believe is an is definitely an advocate for the South Side as a community and area. So it's like I think for whatever reason the tide has to change if the people that are obviously you know elected to represent that area, um, you know, in that area itself changes. Obviously, South Side had a lot of discussion. Uh, over the last year, right, the uh, with the casino project and, and different things. But it actually – what I think, no matter what happened, what I think that process did was highlighted exactly what you said about how the community of Southside feels. And there was very – a lot of proof that there's not – you know, there needs to be more attention, assets, resources – placed in that uh, infrastructure in right infrastructure <laughs> place in districts like yours um so it's an interesting process but i definitely think with representatives like you and the others uh you know that tide has to change it can't stay status quo yeah i'm
1: hoping and and i and i will say um you know for the for the most part with as you mentioned councilman jones you know we we try to support one another whether it's you know, me through the school board or him through city council, we try to stay on the same page and try to, you know, make sure that we're both in alignment with the needs of the South Side so that it's not like, oh, this is happening over here. This is happening over there. We try to um, remain, um, you know, in, 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 in you know, uh, what's like um, I lost my the word. It's on communication, side. dialogue. Yeah. Yes. We try to stay in constant communication and dialogue um, just about the things that are happening. And like he supports the schools, you know, when things are happening, he pulled me in when he's doing things and just to create a presence. And so that, you know, folks can know who we both are um, and how they can, you know, express their concerns to us because we are working diligently to address those issues. He's pulled me in on city council things like, hey, we want safe streets. I'm going to bring the school board rep in here so that you can know that it's not happening. And so we're constantly, you know, um, working to get things moving and, and I've seen some progress. We need a lot more, but that's part of it. Too. It's like, you know, it's the ultimate challenge of like, if one side of the river or the district gets one thing, then it's like, it's taken from another. So what we have to really do is kind of reduce this, like, you know, mindset that gets created, um, that if one area of the city gets something that they're taking something from somebody else, when we know for a fact that these issues have been um, under divested for years. So right. it's like, you know, come on now, right? Like we got, we can't, we can't keep doing that. So,
0: So let's talk about your journey to elected mm-hmm. office because <laughs> it is unlike really, I don't think anybody on school board, has your particular journey to become an elected official. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've known you as a diligent parent, a diligent community member, somebody that's all over town doing great things. Uh, but at the time, was it just nobody was going to run for school board in the ninth district? And somebody, <laughs> and somebody was like, yo, Nicole, you should do this. And it turned into uh, like was it was a writing campaign. Tell me, break down how you went from, co- you know, community member, concerned parent, or you know, RPS parent, to actually representing the ninth district.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I want to say thank you for saying that on the record because a lot of times I'm fighting against this narrative that um, there's only certain people on the board that are qualified. And so I appreciate you saying that, and not. Angel,
0: it's only the truth. I mean, that's that's how I know. That's how I know you.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I um think that that is something that I'm so glad you said that. However, oddly enough, and nobody knows this but maybe a few people, the person that encouraged me to run was Amy Wentz. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember having a conversation with her and she was like, you should just try it, you know, you." because I was already. So let me go back a little bit. I was already president of my civic association in my um, neighborhood. And I had been working with Mike and really just kind of like trying to um, bring awareness to Southside and the neighborhood that I live in. And so I had been doing stuff at the schools. I had been doing community cleanups, all kinds of things. I had been doing that over Southside. Um, and so when uh, Lexi was coming up, she was running for city council. And then she and I were hanging at one time. And she was like, you should think about it. I was like, no. <laughs> no. So she's like, well, I mean, just let me get the papers. Just let me fill them out. And, you know, you fill it out if, if you think. And I'm like, No. Because I had no, I wanted no parts, no parts. And um, she just encouraged me. And at the time, Linda Owen was running as well. Mm -hmm. And so through like mutual friends that are friends of Linda's and friends of mine, they kind of were like, hey, you know, we know Nicole from the community. We know both of her children went through RPS. We know she's very passionate, transformational, you know, she would be a good fit. And so then Linda called and we start talking. Because Linda really didn't want to run again. She was just kind of. She was the incumbent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she
1: was deciding whether or not she was going to run again, but she didn't really want to just give it up if nobody was going to run. Mm -hmm. And so then we had a lot of conversations, a lot of people that knew me knew her. And then she said, "Okay, I'm going to withdraw and support you. And so then we went through the whole process of me filing. And um, yes, I ran unopposed. But I still, you know, was out there connecting with people and sure. getting to know people and just, you know, hence the rest is history. Uh, I sit here today, what, just this is year two. All right. Uh, and it's been interesting.
0: <laughs> it, it's, an, it's an amazing story. And one that, from my perspective, was one that the community was like, you are the person.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: that happens, um, that's just, that's amazing. Because- people can't agree on anything Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if they agree that you would be the perfect uh the right person at the right time to represent Southside I think that is uh, a credit to yeah. um you know because again a lot of folks what for lack of a better term I'll say it this way and I'm not talking about anybody in particular yeah but a, but a lot of folks look for entry into public service. Right. Yeah, And they say, okay, what's the entry point that I, that I can start my career. And they pick school board
1: mm-hmm. because
0: there'll be school board and city council. Maybe they will be mayor. Yeah. Maybe they will be governor, blah, blah, blah. Right. And some people I know, I, I know a person that city council worked out city council and mayor worked out really good. And because yeah. of that, I, because of that i'm still i you know i'm i'm really happy about that but <laughs> but i my uh, my fear has always been that pattern of let me look for entry and let me pick school board as a stepping stone place yeah clouds what the school board is supposed to be doing because that person's priorities may not necessarily be children right that person's priorities may not necessarily be what they're supposed to be doing their priorities is How do I get to the next level, right? The way that you, I say all that to say the way that you came into office is one that I think, if anything, eliminates any reason of your entry into public service besides, I want to do what's best for the children, the educators, the community, the South Side. And I actually think that that's probably more credible than folks that may be looking to go, Now, you hell, you may be Mayor, Governor, Senator, go ahead, do it all. But your entry was not one that made anybody think that your priorities were anything else.
1: Yeah. And my priorities still are the same. And so mm. I think I probably um, don't reflect to your point. <laughs> um, <but laughs> what your typical city? I mean, a school board member, sure. you know, looks like or what we supposed to be doing. And I said that again the other night because. I am very passionate, right? I'm very, I mean, I have been. You've, you've
0: been. You've been pretty calm. Like I know you, so I. <laughs> you, and I. And, I, you've been and Very been, professional.
1: Yeah, and but when I say that, I, I say that to say in terms of like you said the entry point and right. why you know someone may run for a particular seat. Um, for me, it was just and Mike Jones said it all the time. He said she just a girl from New York who want to help, and I really do, and that's what I'm about, and. Um, so it's, it's like, if you don't have all of this space time or, you know, you don't have all this visibility or your social media ain't popping, you ain't doing nothing, but that's, mm-hmm. I, I actually work the opposite way because mm-hmm. I'm a person that works from the inside out. I don't work from the outside in. And so you're not going to see me every five seconds doing something because for me, that's just me and how I operate. It's not effective for me. and so. Um, when you are on that platform or that trajectory to get to the next thing, it's kind of more externally facing where that's really not my trajectory. My trajectory is to really bring people along on this journey. And um, when I, when I did decide, you know, that, okay, I'm going to do this. I really, to be honest, Cheats, I really want to encourage another mom. Mm. You know, I really want to do this to like, if it's another mom in the ninth district that I, I considered and Amy and all of them can tell you this, Mimi, me, me, all of them, you know, I just consider this as me holding space, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes you have to come and you have to hold space for others. And so I consider it as holding space. And, you know, what we always say in our little group is like, but I have to show up. And so I'm constantly showing up because I don't know where that person is. And I don't know what the future holds. I'm not right. sitting here saying I'm no, not this and I'm not, but right. I just know that right now in this moment, for whatever reason beyond me, I'm here to hold space. And a lot of parents don't even know what school board is, mm-hmm. and so because they don't know what school board is, that is what I want to do in this seat is to help them understand that. These are the people making these decisions. So when you come to school and they say your child, did X, Y, and Z, and you upset with the principal, just know that the principal is only implementing what has been passed down. And a lot of times we don't know that. Mm-hmm. And I'll even go on record and say as active as I was. I mean, I knew Liz Duer, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was in TJ. I mean, I knew a, a few folks, but I didn't know my school board rep, you know, mm-hmm. once I moved over here and it wasn't you know, ultimately you kind of go down the list, you see who who you make, you know, the major votes and then it's like, oh, school board. Okay, check. But so some people are very well known. They've been in their seats for a while, so a lot of people know them. But for new people like me, like you said, nobody really knew.
0: I'm trying to think though, because there's a couple, hold on. Y'all are all new. Actually, no. Before this term, everybody was new, right? So Mm -hmm. like, I think yeah, there's there, there's a little bit more continuity now. Yeah. Yeah. But at one point, it felt like the school board was having a whole turnover every. <laughs> for real. It yeah. was like new everything, new superintendents, new every new member on the board. Now yeah. there's a little bit of um, I guess there's some seniority there once I think about people coming back. But there was some yeah. time yeah. where it was like and I think people don't really understand what challenge even that presents. a a new superintendent with a brand new school board with you know people coming and going and you know I I think Richmond has suffered um a little bit just through that and it's not like a blame game it's just there was a lot of new people and a lot of new administrators all coming in and they were working on major big problems and they're still working on major big problems yeah um I would be remiss if I don't ask you about how um, the recent burning of Fox Elementary just impacts things like the budget, things like the school plan. I know the administration had to, to really work for an unprecedented, like when people say things are unprecedented, we overuse that word. It but is. but Fox has been there since what like 19 what was the year? It was like it was something crazy when yeah. they were like Fox has been, been in 100, that one hundred years in mm-hmm. that place yeah it wasn't like 1918 or something it's sounding yeah. crazy. So it's really an unprecedented event to, right. to lose that school in the manner um, of a fire you know and having in the middle of the school year where everybody has to readjust everybody has to allocate you know, how is that affected, like, just looking at the future of RPS? Because now it's not like we have to build a school, let's put it on a plan. It's like we have to replace a school right. in real time.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I would say, you know, for one, Fox is one of those schools that affect more communities than people realize. Chloe went to Fox. You know, I was a Fox mom. I was a Fox, you know, on the PTA and all of those things that Fox provided for her to be able to continue her education, you know, in RPS. And so I get it when folks are like, this is more than just a fire. I get it, you know, and I understand and I agree that You know, nobody could predict that that would happen.
0: That was insane.
1: And I think what we have to do is just come together and just figure out how to move forward um, and not um, discount or discredit, you know, all the things that are happening because there are multiple things happening in this moment relative to do we get a new school built? Do we get them, you know, how long are they going to be on virtual? It's just a lot of variables that factor into um, that school taking priority. And that's mm-hmm. just real talk,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. But then you had the other issues on hand, you know, relative to George Whiff and Woodville and all the other schools that were supposed to be built. But we're in line, um, yeah. Yeah, and so honestly, for me, <laughs> I know folks are like, it's not enough. I feel like we could do it all and we need to make it happen and we need to do it all. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to do it all. And we, you know, it's going to require a lot of, um, you know, things to happen. But I mean, I would love for us to just do it all. You know, it's no really, oh, this goes before this, this, because there's so many, like I said, things that you have to factor in that you really can't even say, um, you know. And so as far as it impacting the budget, um. You know, I know right now there, you know, the superintendent is looking for a temporary housing and mm-hmm. looking to, um, you know, kind of do some work in one of the schools that we already had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, I, you know, would probably... Be out of line if I said the money is there, <laughs>
0: right? Because right now it's not. And yeah, they're, they're seeking. They're seeking happen. these and authorizations, so,
1: and, and so we and have to right, do right. things to, you know, make sure that we don't also, um, you know, uh, you know, take away from, you know, current priorities as well. And not that Fox is not a priority. I'm not no, saying uh, that.
0: Yeah, uh, it has to. It, like you said, it it was something that no no one could foresee and now it has to take actually a precedent at place because you have yeah. so many kids yeah. that have to, you know, finish the school year and and, yeah. and go virtual or or whatnot. Um, I, I've got to ask because I would not be doing my job in this, <laughs> in this, oh, in you this realm. You cheat. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing my job in this realm. If I did there, mm-hmm. obviously relationships are always a big, uh, big point of contention on the school board and i mean like anywhere else it's no different i laugh because i've traveled all over the country and i've seen municipal governments in a lot of places or or worse right like politics if you will in different places and there's always kind of relationships are always this kind of really funny thing um but the relationships amongst the Richmond school board, the relationship between the school board as a body and the city council and the mayor and the administration is always something that we always talk about in Richmond. Um, how would you describe the school board's relationship with each other? And how would we describe the school board's relationship with like the administration, Stony administration, Jason cameras? I, I ask because sometimes it's better than people think and it's just all they hear is the news clippings or what's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, I frankly, we do a lot of stuff in the federal government and I, I, I'll be the first to tell you some of it's kind of deflating. Some yeah. of it, 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 like at those levels, they're making big decisions and they're not talking to each other. And it's all about what leadership and uh, you know, what posturing you can do to either lift somebody up or take somebody down so how would you describe your relationship with the school board and the school board's relationship with the administration so you touched
1: on a very important um point uh relationships and they're not easy right when you're coming from different backgrounds different lived experiences different um upcomings and just you know uh, uh, edu- uh no not ed- careers, Um, and so I can't speak to what the relationship of the school board is, but I can speak to what my relationship is. And I'll share how, um, for me, I view it as a whole. So again, coming in, I had no reason to dislike the mayor, the superintendent, cabinet, administration. Um, But what I did was I came in and I tried to get to know people Um, And in me trying to get to know people that in return determines what my relationship is going to be with you. Um, And so I live in a city and although I'm a part of the city, I don't take my relationship on school board any different than I would as a resident of the city. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're not picking up my trash, I'm not going to not like the mayor I might have an issue with how they handle business, but it doesn't make me not like him. As a parent, I might have an issue with a teacher or something, but it doesn't necessarily make me not like the superintendent. So I think what I'm attempting to share is that how I choose to personally build or not have a relationship with the mayor, city council, superintendent is on me as an individual. Mm. And a lot of times, as you stated, when you look at city council or you look at school board or you look at the, super, it just feels and seems very contentious. Um, and I think those are interpersonal, right? Relationships that we all have to work on. And so I choose because yes, my job as a school board member to, you know, dissect the budget, you know, if things aren't going right, you know, I am there to ask questions. I'm there to do my due diligence and follow the process of um, doing what I was elected to do. Mm -hmm. But it's not for me to come in here and to have a bad relationship with you or a personal working. I have to detach from that Mm -hmm. because this is business. And so it's business is personal for me um, because again, I'm still a mom. I'm still, you know, a resident of this city. So how I engage is, is also a reflection of where I am. So that, I know that was a lot. No, it's I, good. I was, was going to at... I don't want to really speak to anybody else. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Nah, nah. I wouldn't do that. I can tell you, you know, like even when I came in and, you know, I stepped up to, you know, do the governance because I come in with, the, <laughs> they laugh all the time because I'm like,
0: we can do this. <laughs> right. Like,
1: you know, I want to come in with the kumbaya and everybody like, girl, go sit down. somewhere. <laughs>
0: How, how do you feel communication has been to you? You're a school board member. How do you feel communication from the administration um, on down to from your chair on the school board on down? How do you feel like you're receiving it? Do you feel like you're in a position that you receive the information you need to do your job in a timely manner?
1: Um, I feel like information is shared. Mm-hmm. Um, relative to decisions that need to be made across mm-hmm. the school board, but I will say, and I've said this before, so this is nothing new, but I will say, we're trying, we're
0: trying to break news, Nicole. We're always trying to break news. No,
1: um, I will say that I do feel to, at times I'm receiving information after this the decision has already been made, and so mm-hmm. then when it's being brought to the remaining, you know, school board members, it's like. I don't necessarily always feel like I had a fair shot in really being able to make an informed decision. Mm. So, um, I do think that, um, but in terms of communicating and in terms of, um, like with my chair, I think we have a great relationship. When I say that, meaning if I have an issue, she's always available. I can pick up a phone to call her when she has an issue. She'll call me. Um, I think the administration has been, we don't talk to them often, but like anything relative to any school in my district, you know, they call me immediately, they keep me in the loop, they let me know. Um, And so a lot of things that are, um, I don't want to use the word nuances for other people, like I'm very like chill. And when I say chill, I mean that in a way where like I don't have to pick apart every little single solitary thing. So I'm Mm -hmm. not where... And that's not a negative thing because some people, and I've learned this in my role, some people are head people and some people are heart people. I'm a heart person. Absolutely. So I'm going to really go off of what you give me, what you feed me. But some people are like, I need data. I need not. I need, I need it, need it, need it, need it. And that's their makeup. You know, that's their why I'm like that. But they are also just as effective as the heart person. So when I say I don't pick apart everything, it's because sometimes I don't have capacity and I'm and I'm just not wired like that. And so my flow might not necessarily be a flow for somebody who need that information right away. But at the same time, their flow might not necessarily be for somebody who's just like, is it really that serious? You know, so we you know, you can get in that space. And I think that's just overall, not even on school board. That you can get in that space of like looking at each other, like is it really that serious? And like, yeah, it is, but it's serious because, <laughs> but that's serious because of you know who you are and who your makeup are, makeup is. So I try to um, not take things personal. I have at times, and when I and when I have it's shown.
0: Yeah, it's it's um, impossible not to, right? Yeah, you're, but I, you're, I, but I but I but passionate I'm passionate about projects. It's impossible yeah, but I'm growing
1: to. to to not take them personal, and not because. It's the democratic process, or I can just treat people however I want. It's because it's just not that serious for me. I'm here to do what I got to do. And in that, I'm going to, you know, accept people for who they are. And I'm not going to judge them for their limitations and hope that they don't judge me for my limitations, right? Because it's all about that, the limitations and the possibilities. And so I try to operate in that. And again, like I said, a lot of times it doesn't work for everybody, but it's who I am. And I mean, the people that know me know that this is me. Like, there's no put on, right? right? Like, I'm not. You know that you've been knowing me a long time. You work with my daughter, everything. So, I mean, I and that's why the reason why I did this with you because I know that
0: <laughs> you do I'm know not, me. <laughs> I'm not gonna steer you wrong. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: A couple of uh, a couple quick things. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, for sure. Want to get on the record because um, this has been a lot of fun. Um it seems as if, and a lot of this does have to do with pay and budget and retention. Um, but all, ever so often I always hear about morale among educators. And this mm-hmm. is not just a Richmond public schools thing. It, I think it's almost like across the country that yeah. teacher educators are overworked and underpaid. Yeah. However, it affects places like Richmond even more than it might affect where I am in Henraco or where somebody is in Hanover or Chesterfield. Um, So are you concerned at all about kind of morale amongst RPS, uh, especially uh, teachers and educators in regards to they're always overworked and underpaid, but now in society, those inequities, that wealth gap seems to be going in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely am concerned about it. And I, I think that, um, you know, no matter what people are going through, you know, there's a few things that people hold true to their, you know, core and that's, we want to be respected. We want to be valued. We want to be seen and we want to be heard. And I think that when you're not doing that, you run the risk of people not being happy. And when teachers feel like they're not seen or they're not heard, um, you know, it's, it could be problematic, but at the same time, um, I think it's, you know, a lot of work that needs to be done because building and changing and shifting culture and climate isn't easy either. And so when you have, you know, what, 42 schools and so you're trying to, um, you know, build a, a level of um, culture that feels you know, um, genuine and authentic. Um, it can be challenging, mm-hmm. you know, it's challenges to that. I don't think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for nobody, but I would hope. I'm not even gonna say think, I would hope, you know, that the intention is to not make people feel a certain way, but sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. And when people saying it, um, sometimes we have to listen. <laughs> so um you might not see that you're causing harm. But some might, one could be saying, hey, you're causing me harm. And it keeps saying it and keeps saying it and keeps saying it and you not listen is very problematic. So, yes, the morale is important. I mean, these are people that are teaching students, you know, that are coming in day after day, um, you know, in places that they feel are toxic. And so if it is, you um, then we have to make sure that we're doing all we can. We can't change everything, but we're doing all we can to make sure that they feel valued and that they are heard. Mm-hmm. And then if they, if we don't know how to do that, we can ask and, and try to figure it out. And I'm again, just of the mindset of you can't um, do it, do everything. Cause you know, you'll have that 1% that's just like, I don't care. It ain't what, you know, but yeah. um, Morale is important. And I know part of, you know, our kids success is um, built on morale, because when the teachers feel good, our students feel good, sure. school feels good, and it's success. So if it correlates directly with success, we need to make sure that. And it's doing- just
0: and it's just so hard to, to do that. Like pay plays such a big. don't. I know we didn't talk. Yeah. We don't talk about it directly whatever people need to talk about money in this sense yeah. because yes. pay, pay does matter in regards to making sure of the, all the other things that you said, like people feel heard, people feel respected, people be seen. Um, if they can take kind of, if they know they're getting paid a salary that allows them Absolutely. to live, um, Absolutely. That, 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 that helps. Look, let yeah. me ask you, it's been, I think show few- me the money
1: to get all that other stuff. Show <laughs> me the money. It's
0: just tough. It's tough. You just did the budget. It's tough. Um
1: no excuse though. So it's like yeah.
0: Uh it's been a couple, I want to say a couple months now since the first ever collective bargaining agreement. So basically, you you all passed a resolution on the school board that wasn't collective bargaining in a sense, but it was the ability to construct collective bargaining, and there's a long process that has to go uh to 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 get to where people really think about kind of collective bargaining and, and negotiations and stuff. I, I think it's a longer process, but mm-hmm. that first step was made a couple of, uh, I want to say a couple of months ago, maybe mm-hmm. two two or three. We'll um, yeah. yeah. Where, where are you on that in regards to, um, I think it was what a nine to one vote. It was nearly a unanimous vote in, in regards to moving that process forward. Where are you on that process? And um, what's your kind of feelings about, the being the first in the nation to approves a resolution of such,
1: I think it was dope. I think it was dope. I think, um, you know, again, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> it might have not seemed as though um, everyone was for it, but again, that was not the case. It was,
0: you know, I was were- pretty amazed at the time it passed that it was like the only thing I saw that the school board uh voted overwhelmingly. The superintendent made a statement. I want to say even the mayor made everybody was like, Yes, this is great. And I was and I'm sitting here thinking, like, did I miss something? If everybody <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why are you trying to say every time we put something out, we gotta
0: fight for no, it? No, it just it felt strange to me. Oh, that- no. no, no, no. It felt strange to me that everybody was in agreement. And I mean, hey, look, I'm my I understand union labor, like I'm a I'm a baseball fan. They they locked out right now. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like everybody seems to be really celebrating, but this is going to be like this. Some things are easy, but some things are hard. And it's like when they get to the table, it ain't going to be that sweet, you know? But I I think uh,
1: we, I will say we, as a school board, I will say we did our due diligence. And so when, you know, the resolution was passed instead of just allowing a resolution to pass and say, okay, we're going through this. You know we formed the committee. You know, the committee was diverse, it had two school board members on it, it had teachers, it had lawyers. You know, it had the right people on it. Um, the REA and maybe the VEA um, were willing to compromise some things, and so I feel like it passed based on the fact that we did our due diligence to say, okay. This is going to be the thing that we're going to collaboratively work. We're going to work collaborative on this because it's just that important. And so I think that's why when it came down to the vote, it was unanimous in the vote um, because the process was followed and it wasn't just coming from like, you know, a certain, uh, you know, a school board member it was like a collective and so mm. you know the talent office was involved the legal was involved so we had all the right people in place so I thought that they did a really great job um in really um you know taking the time to ensure that all the voices were heard you know that they got the information that was needed and then made a decision based off that so yeah I agree I don't really know what the next steps are right. um But like you said, just the mere fact that we were able to come together was a big deal.
0: That was, hey, something that hasn't necessarily been uh, coming together as of now, but we'll see. Where, Where are we on? I ask everybody this question. Where are we on George with in regards to the actual, I guess, I don't know if it's negotiations at this point or. Like, who's building the school? I've I've been told by everybody since, since, look, I've been told every which way that the school is going to be built. (laughs) But but who's building the school? How it's going to get done? Nobody seems to have exact pinpoint uh, ideas. Where are we on George with? What's going to happen?
1: So um, we actually, I think the superintendent said it on Monday, that we finished the procurement process. I think we finished the hiring process. We are now we have a contract, I believe, ready to go. We're just waiting now for the money from the city. And so I, I'm I'm sure you might have known that we were getting money from the city. <laughs> Why
0: are you laughing? Because I know, I know. Call, I know, call, I know. Your, call, call your boy. <laughs> call my, your people, call your people. So going
1: on. <laughs> have your people call my people. But <laughs> we're, waiting on, <laughs> we're waiting on the money from the city. Um that the city was gonna give us that, you know, to help build George Riff. And to mine, I would think that it would be. Um, you know, we're to be would be in the beginning stages of getting it um, designed. I think that was for the design process. You know, the design. Uh-huh. So I don't know how long it takes to build a school. This is my first year, like you said. Well, it
0: depends on depends on who you ask. Because some yeah, some yeah. people tell you look, some people tell you three years, some people tell you thirty, and some people tell you three days. Look, like, they, just, they just throw them up. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. I
0: don't. Uh, but I do know it is still funny.
1: hard. I mean, I see. I haven't seen construction on houses or any of that stop since um, <laughs> any of that stopped since COVID. So right. it's a possibility that when we're ready to go, we'll be able to get the construction. You know that we need to get it going.
0: Well, I, look. I hope, like you were saying, I hope and I think that the the last I don't know year and a half of yin and yang and back and forth and push and pull will get resolved in the future. Because I mean, again, this is something that everybody agreed on, right? The yeah. new, they, there should be a new high school. <laughs> yeah, Like everybody agrees that nobody's saying we shouldn't have a new George with high school. Everybody's saying we should have one. And then just getting there, how yeah, we the get there. Just, yeah. The issue is, is like, just who's, a, who's
1: building it. The size, you know, for however amount of students, you know, all of that. But,
0: Nicole, this has, been a, this has been a lot of fun. Let me ask you last question. Are you having fun? Are you, again, we talked about how you came on the school board. Are you enjoying your time representing the people of the ninth District?
1: The people of the ninth District, yes. Because ninth District <laughs> is dope. And I'm going to leave it right there.
0: <laughs> so, thank you so much for this. Um, I know that it's not an, it, it's not an easy job. It is not a job that you get thanked for a lot. Um, And so it's one of those things where um, we want to let you know, obviously, that you're, you know, just stepping up and taking on that challenge is something that I think the people of the ninth district are well, well served and better for because you are there and you are doing uh, really God's work. So, I think. I I, I I love it i love seeing love seeing you love seeing your wonderful family uh whenever we can it's been COVID, so we haven't been outside i know i look, know you've been, you been, so. you been outside more to be i look you've been outside more to be i don't no. go outside
1: you know i ain't really been out but it's all good i'll be out <laughs> tomorrow first friday first friday we celebrating that art 180 so if y'all out come out
0: hey uh no really really appreciate you and we'll end it here oh we won't it here. Nicole, tell everybody you're talking about social. Tell everybody where they can follow you, find you, and keep up with stuff that's happening in your district.
1: Yeah, so I'm at Ninth uh, District Nicole on Facebook. I'm Nicole Jones on Facebook. And then Nicole underscore Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-J on social media. But I don't really post a lot of uh, school board stuff on the Nicole J. Don't
0: look look at them reels if you try to get some school board education.
1: Yeah, mean, don't don't go there. (laughs) Just go to Ninth District Nicole on Facebook. (laughs) Um, I'm starting to build stuff. I haven't really been doing much with it. But I'm there. And then Nicole Jones on Facebook.
0: Nicole, it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Thank you for all you do.
1: Yes, next time I come back, we're going to talk
0: about hip-hop. Oh, anytime. Well, you already know that. That's that's an easy, easy opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement podcast brought to you on the Family Podcast Network. We'll be right back after this. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank... Nicole Jones, my dear friend, for her time and her candor. This is a continuing series of public education, particularly Richmond Public Schools. Please go back and listen to the previous interviews. We've had Rodney Robinson, 2019 Teacher of the Year. We've had Kenya Hunter, formerly of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We've had Stephanie Reese. Now we have Nicole Jones. We are going to get through... Uh, an interview and have meaningful conversations with everyone from administrators to teachers to parents to obviously your representatives so please keep it locked here tell a friend about the interviews and what you can learn about richmond public schools in the process it has been a lot of fun again until next time ladies and gentlemen this is the cheats movement podcast on the family podcast network we see it yeah Yo yo, time to plane leaving. Right, see you at the airport.